Hey, Janko. How's it going? Hey, hey Mac. It's going pretty good. Uh, I just uh, got done watching Mad God, so uh, uh, so just in... You ready to just, talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. Just <laughs> fresh in time for the episode. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining us for this new impressions episode we've been planning to do mad god for what is it now like since april i think quite a while and it's finally come out to shutter uh i watched it about i think a week ago and then you watched it just literally what minutes ago yeah that's right so yeah um he's fresh in the mind with what he's seen i i still remember a, a lot of it and I'm I'm excited to talk about it. But first, we should just talk about uh, some news. I'm still really busy with uh, school, and Janko is Janko. <laughs> yeah, you, you you're allowed to interpret that however you feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but first, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind talking about uh, Lightyear just slightly, if that's yeah, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So. I promised my son I would take him to see Lightyear in theaters, and he's never gone to the movies with me before. He's only ever seen a movie once before, and that was a Paw Patrol movie. Oh, okay, nice. Um, and he went with my wife. So we, I took him to Lightyear, and we had fun with it. I kept my opinions of the movie quite high with, with my son mm-hmm. after we left, and I asked him how he felt, and he said he liked it and stuff like that. Oh, but uh, in truth, the, the movie... And mind you, this movie's made for children, so I'm not going to rate it that harshly. But there are certain <laughs> things, it's just like, why? But it was very mediocre. It was like the most mediocre Lightyear film that you could probably imagine. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> <It> was, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a start, there's a little blurb at the start that says um, that in 1995, Andy bought a toy based on his favorite movie. And then it says, this is that movie. Hmm. Which is really strange, because it's like... Technically, you could just show the movie. You don't have to explain, like yeah, why, like where this movie takes place in the universe. It's just like just just show the movie. It doesn't really matter. But I guess maybe it's because Disney knows they have like crazy ass fans, <laughs> and maybe they'd want to know that question, so they just like put it at the start. Oh, okay, yeah, probably. <laughs> in my mind, though, and this is the biggest thing I wanted to talk about with the film is like it's a movie technically from 1995, right? Mm-hmm. And yet it does not feel like a movie from the 90s, like mid-90s movie. It feels like a movie that just came out this year because it did. But I mean, it's like it didn't play into any generation, which is strange. It could have played into like this campy feel. It could have totally played off as this corny uh, 90s, 80s movie, like with action and stuff like that mm, for, for kids, you know? Yeah. Along the lines of like, uh, the, we literally just mentioned this movie in the last um, episode, but the, um, what's that one with Macaulay Culkin that I mentioned before? The oh, oh, book oh, oh. something? The oh. pa- page Master? Page Master, that's it. It could have totally been a 3D version of like Page Masters. Ah, like yes. That. Or yeah. any of those other like children's sort of movies, you know? Like why they could have <laughs> played into that and it would have been really good because it's Buzz Lightyear. You could have fed into people's nostalgia of like maybe the Buzz Lightyear TV show and stuff like stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, because I I have. But they didn't they didn't do that. Sorry, go go on. I want no, to know what you said. I was just gonna add to that that uh, yeah, I have a fond memory of the Buzz Lightyear show and the 
the movie that came before that and yeah that was a very enjoyable show uh because they just played around with buzz lightyear as a character and of course he's a adventurer space uh space agent or something um, space ranger space ranger yeah. yeah he's really well he's voiced by who's the guy who does captain america that's oh, the guy who's oh, voicing him in Chris this movie Evans? yeah and he does a fine job, actually, to be honest. I had no problem with that. Okay. Uh, everything, most of the voices I was fine with. Um, one thing I did have a problem with was Taika Waititi was a voice for a character in this movie. And okay. for some reason, my opinion of Taika has been... Like, I used to have a really good opinion of him, and now it's <laughs> like like Lightyear. It's just very mediocre opinion of him. Uh, um, like what 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 made uh, you change your mind i don't want to say anything because i don't necessarily dislike him i mm. actually do like him and i i enjoy looking forward to the movies that he makes because i think he has a very interesting and unique uh voice mm-hmm. but um i find that there's this sort of struggle that he himself is playing with like he's got a he is a unique filmmaker out of new zealand Yet for some reason he'd rather be a celebrity, and it oh. bothers the shit out of me because it's like, why are you throwing this away? Like maybe it's a little bit of the fact that Hollywood's just not giving him the voice uh, or the the chance to to speak his voice in, in film, and uh, he's just taking these roles to make more money, maybe to help produce his own films. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's totally what's going on here. But in the same sense, I feel like. With his sort of arrogance that he has in um, uh, like interviews and stuff like that, plus with the fact that he's in a lot more acting roles as opposed to directing roles. Yeah, that's um, like Star Wars and whatnot. Yeah, and Thor. Uh, not Thor. Was it? What was? Yeah, it was uh, Ragnarok. I, whatever yeah. was. Was he in Ragnarok? Yeah, he was. Yeah, in, he sorry. Was, yeah, he's the core. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot forgot about that. But yeah, just all with all these things, I just feel like... Anyways, I totally digress with what I was saying. <laughs> he does a voice in Lightyear. Um, and it's weird because in the story, uh, sort of a little bit of a spoiler, he... But Lightyear is stuck in this sort of um, situation where they get stranded on a planet and the time keeps skipping ahead really, really quick, except for Lightyear. And I'm not going to be specific, so I don't spoil it since it's a new movie. But um, this this person that Taika is voicing technically would have been a like second th- or third generation person on this planet that basically had a crew of American-speaking people, yet for some reason his character has a strong Kiwi accent. Okay. It's just, <laughs> it just made me mad because it's like, why? You yeah. know, it's like, it doesn't make sense. You, you put, that's the other thing too, This the story in Lightyear for a kid's film, like especially, and I, it's Buzz Lightyear. Like this should be targeted towards my son's age and a little bit up, like five to 10, mm-hmm. it should be your, key demographic but for some reason they made the story like oddly complicated and i'm not sure if my son understood like he's a smart kid but it played around with the idea of time and alternate like uh decisions that lead to alternate timelines and it was Mm -hmm. i don't know if my son fully understood that 
okay. so yeah that makes sense but the uh yeah no overall like i really say eventually watch it and anyone who's listening is like i'd like to watch it yeah watch it definitely watch it but you'll understand what i say at the end of the film when i when i said it's it's mediocre it's like the most mediocre buzz Lightyear film you could ever watch does does it have Cirque, his arch nemesis Yes, it does. Okay. And they do a thing in the movie with Zerg that is that is interesting, um, but it's pretty me- mediocre. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I want to write, <laughs> they fuck it up too. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's kind of strange because when you think of Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story, you know that Zerg is his arch enemy, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't make sense for that movie to use him as the arch enemy after watching this movie so it's just like Uh, this movie basically went we love the idea of buzz lightyear but we're not i don't care (laughs) like they love the idea but they're not going with anything related to toy story is what it sounds like (laughs) well that's a they do this thing too that like i enjoyed at the start and then they kind of did it throughout the whole movie. And after a while, it became annoying mm-hmm. where they took... So it wasn't just lines like from the toy, you know, like when you press the button on the toy, Buzz Lightyear, and he says a line, sort of like when you pull the string on Woody, mm-hmm. he says like a, a Woody line, like there's a snake in my boot. Like, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyways, he. there are lines in the movie that are directly from like the buttons that are on Buzz. But throughout the movie, they're like, the whole starting scene of Buzz Lightyear is the same dialogue he says when, like, his first dialogue in Toy Story. It's word oh. to word the same. Oh, okay. And at the start, you're like, oh, that's kind of cute, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, uh, that's funny. I get it. But then they do it throughout the whole movie. Oh. And you're just like, why would he... Then you start thinking, like, why in Toy Story would he say... All like he doesn't know he comes from a movie yet he's quoting the whole movie. It's just so strange, mm. and it and it's not even like sort of a logical like why would he be doing that? It's just it truly is. It's just after a while you're just like oh this is annoying. Like it doesn't feel like you guys put in effort. It feels like you just <laughs> took lines from like a Mad Lib sort of. It's like hey let's take lines from Toy Story. How can we put this in a script for Buzz Lightyear? You know. <laughs> the more you and it, it, it just the more you describe it, it sounds like the. The other Space Jam film. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it's it's like being sort of bit by a mosquito um, and you didn't know it. And then after a while, you know, you get itchy in that spot and you scratch it and it just gets more irritated. That's kind of like Buzz Lightyear, the movie. Oh, that's a, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good, def- uh, um, that's a, that's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah most of the most of the side characters too are because you have buzz obviously and then you have socks who is his uh robot cat which Mm -hmm. is the best character in the film but then you have his best friend uh who's a space ranger Mm -hmm. and then she disappears in the film um and then you get someone these other three characters who are supposed to like replace they're, they're supposed to be the main side characters right yeah and they're just uh, forgettable really like not not annoying really the best word and you could put this down on like a matt repeats words on a 
like if we have a bingo card for our show that that's probably one of them matt repeats words but yeah just <laughs> mediocre it's just everything in this movie is so mediocre except socks because that cat is cool yeah but, <laughs> that's, that's about it that's, um, good- that's all i wanted to say about uh lightyear nice. that's a good idea we should have a bingo card for our show <laughs> well that'd be one of them yeah <laughs> also definitely and um whenever I say, yeah, sure, go ahead, or something. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, let, let's move on towards our main feature of today, uh, Mad God by um, Phil Trippett. Um, what did you think of uh, Mad God, Mac? Well, it sat on my mind for quite a while after I watched it. And even now, I think I appreciate it more as opposed to when I watched it the first time. Does that make sense? Like it, it's one oh, of those things where like you, I've you need, definitely like you had to have it. Set, I need set for a while until you could finally like grasp it completely. Is that what you're saying? I think I grasped it. I gra- I was able to grasp it fine. Mm-hmm. I just needed to soak it in. Like I needed ah, to bathe right. in it for a little bit, and then I I really was like, yeah, I I think I really enjoyed that. But there's almost two parts of me that want to give different ratings. And okay. I think maybe you might agree with this is there's a part of me that wants to look at it from a cinephile, like filmmaker lens and be yeah. like, this is freaking fantastic. And then there's another part of me that just wants to look at it as a viewer, like a, just a regular uh, movie lover who doesn't like care about how movies are made. Just, I like to watch movies mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, yeah, it was good. That's, that's about it. Yeah, that makes sense. I can for sure uh, see that the same way as well. Let's let's just go a bit deeper into that um, because I I too uh, had wanted to watch this movie for uh, for a very long time um, because this has this has apparently been in the projects for a long time by Phil Trippett. Uh, yeah, thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah, that is incredible. Uh, but what what really stood out for me with this film was um, obviously the animation and um, and well, also it's the design in yeah like uh, set and prop and every everything in this film that you see is just like morbidly beautiful if yeah, that makes sense absolutely it's it's dirty it's disgusting and it's it's a vile place but it's still. It's a surrealistic nightmare, but it's still beautiful. There's still hope showcased here, and uh, yeah, it, it is a mix mash of of horrible disgustedness and. Uh, it's a nightmare that beauty. you wish you had. Yeah, I think that's the best yeah. way to say it. <laughs> yeah, good point. But uh, I, I I still noticed I had I still noticed I had some problems with the film, mainly. Uh, there was way too much going on um, at certain moments where I kind of lost track of where the story was going. Uh, uh, I can kind of see that too. I think there's a pacing issue I, I definitely have with the film. How about we start talking about what we didn't like about the film? Because I I imagine there's going to be a lot we'll be able to say nice about it. Yeah, but absolutely. the main thing I, I want to say is I, ha- I had a problem with the pacing. Like mm. the first half of the film is just gold like it's so good i think but then the latter half even though it's good like it's really good it just didn't really keep on to that pace with the first half yeah it kind of disrupts it a little bit i noticed 
absolutely agree on you. The the first part is golden uh, from when he descends in that air balloon to mm -hmm. where he just follows this map and uh, like like he it's it's kind of like a surrealistic uh, heart of darkness like the further he goes the more madness he sees and like i i particularly love that one scene where uh these creatures are literally working themselves to death like they're stacking up like these domino bricks just to deliberately crush themselves with it i i thought that was a, a nice uh, symbolism or something <laughs> but but yes. i definitely Speaking of uh, the domino uh, bricks, sorry to cut you off, but no I did like that those came back into play at the end of the film, mm -hmm. which kind of did make me go like, oh, okay, there there is a story here, mm -hmm. which yeah. is nice. Yeah, absolutely. There is for sure a story, but you have to dig deeper, I guess, um, because I, I, I definitely feel that this is a movie I need to watch another time to fully understand what went on because still I, there are some moments where i don't really understood what they were going for uh and i i think well there's there's some symbolism i took away from the movie that okay i well, almost feel like uh, well, well i i almost feel like i made it up you know mm. like it, it was intentional the movie w maybe wasn't really trying to say what it was saying but i i still when i looked at it i was like oh that's kind of interesting because this is what i thought when i saw it mm -hmm. you know almost it's like a painting you know you get you get what you get out of it and it might be unique to you and not anyone else but specifically like uh Absolutely, also yeah. sorry to our listeners I, I i don't think i could talk about this film without spoiling it so if you <laughs> want to watch mad god let's just say um hey it was great to have you on this episode <laughs> or uh, listening but you should probably if watch the mad god film and then come back to this episode yeah, because that, we're, we're going to talk about spoilers now. that sounds like a good idea <laughs> yeah um but yeah i wanted to say when they're digging through that um uh that patient and they're yeah. they're trying to get something out of his body i looked at it sim symbolically when they finally got to that creature I looked at it as sort of like um, the world taking that childlike innocence from from you, like it's this rare thing that to have as a human uh, adult, you know, mm -hmm. that you could go through patient and patient and patient, and you could dig through them. You'll 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 get everything. That's why I like these um, these trinkets of like gold and money. It's just stuff that that we fill ourselves with to yeah, to yeah, just absolutely. keep going and then all they're looking for this like like i said i'm just this is what i took out of it and it, it might not be anybody else but they're looking for this like well it's this grotesque baby but in the same sense it, it could very well be the last bit of that person's um innocence you know, like yeah. childlike innocence that they needed that. because it's so finite and rare, especially in a world like this. Um, but like I said, that that movie could easily have been made with not even that intention in mind. They could have just been like, I, I think it'd be cool if there's just this creature growing in. Like they're harvesting these people and it's so rare to grow this thing. Like you can go completely on the other end of the scale and it's just like, it's just a farm for a rare material. And this one person had that material in them. Yeah, that could work too. But I, I like your take of that. Uh, the way I saw that was that <clears throat> there's like the baby resembled a, a, a type of hope for this world. Um, 
like uh because childbirth in films usually resembles like hope like you have these uh sci-fi films where uh this nuclear sci-fi films where a baby gets born that resembles hope it kind of felt the same sense in this film where like it's a dirty place it's a mucky place uh everything has gone to shit and then you get this baby and it's like there's still innocence in this world there's still hope for all these creatures that are living here um well but <laughs> that goes to shit pretty quickly you does. find out what they're gonna do with the baby <laughs> <laughs> it does yeah <laughs> but uh one one thing i immediately noticed with this film though uh was that it reminded me very much of a ralph bakshi film um Mainly because it, it, it feels like a stop-motion version of uh, Wizards. Uh, because I, I feel there's also some anti-war messages in this film. Uh, yeah, uh, I could see that too. I, I actually see that quite well. And I think, honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I think I had Wizards pop into my head mm. while I was watching this too. Slightly. And I don't even know why. But now that you mention it, it I might, did... It, it might just be of the main character has this gas mask and you have the robot character, Wizards, who also has a similar looking uniform and gas mask, maybe. Possibly. Yeah, that's that's possible. I think uh, there's a lot to dissect with this whole movie. I do enjoy the um, gas mask sort of what would you call them bombers i suppose right? yeah yeah because that's that seems to be their only job is to try to detonate bombs in like key areas mm-hmm. yeah um and it obviously doesn't go very well because this world is freaking nuts but, <laughs> but uh, i like the uh ticking clock like at the end of the the first guy's journey and yeah. then the ticking clock with the whoever did the sound design in this movie yeah okay impeccable i'll work. say this yeah, really great work, but it pisses me off that I could not find a version of this that was like Dolby uh, sound quality. Oh, and I know right. there's going to be a lot of people listening being like, who cares? I, <laughs> I care. I really care about like what sort of format the films come in, what quality they come in and what like uh, it matters to me. And I, I have the sound sure. system to appreciate that. And watching this movie, I could hear that the sound design is so good, mm-hmm. yet... There's a part of me that was like, it would have been better if I could listen to this on like five more speakers through much more higher quality bit format. It's just like, what the heck, you know? But I I loved the ticking clock at the end of that scene because it's like, they must have played it with a different sound that wasn't ticking clock in the next scene, but it made it... You know, it's sort of like one of those uh, audio illusions where you could still hear it. Oh, and I like I swear yeah. to God I could still hear that clock, but I swore it's like they didn't they stopped playing it at that point. Yeah, I I, I think I think I noticed that too. Uh, you're you're talking about when the the dial doesn't go completely to zero, so it yeah. goes back and forth, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a great moment for both the the movie uh, in terms of story as well as. Um, that just the audio and that it's it's really good because it it gives off the illusion too like this is like get comfortable because this world is like it's gonna drive you crazy yeah. and and sort of not the not the annoying crazy but like if you lived here this is what it'd be like like within a day <laughs> oh absolutely I'm sure of that and I I like that the main 
the story is very ambiguous. Like you're you're not really sure what is happening, and like you don't really know why that first person's journey is to plant that bomb. Like that never no. gets explained really fully, and nothing gets explained. Like you you're just you're just one of those persons. You know that scene when they're showing the cinema. Uh, like the backdrop of a cinema and they're dissecting that yeah. person like that that yeah. is us we're the viewers and like <laughs> we just have to witness that and interpret it all by uh, by ourselves it feels like um yeah i would say that maybe this film does unintentionally try to maybe cover a bit too much like it's trying to say a bit too much uh at times yeah. when when i think that maybe it would have been better on a slightly because the the film even though it's grand in its scope it still feels very indie and in it that does, sense yeah. you're like i don't want it to i i want it to be very specific to what maybe the the person was trying to say or just trying to have fun with mm-hmm. but here you know it, it just felt a little grand at times um but it's it's hard to judge this film really it, it, because it's really hard honestly okay. It's it's really freaking amazing, but in the same sense, it's like I can't. There's a part of me that's like I don't. This this isn't a perfect movie by any means. Oh, not at all. No. So I don't know. Um, but I, I do. I, the, oh, go on. No, yeah, no. Uh, uh, I was just wanting to say that I do appreciate though that this movie doesn't have any dialogue and. It just works with sound, mostly sound effects, and like the only dialogue we hear is like uh, these Muppet sounds or like uh, like just people who are saying ah ah ah, and uh, yeah, like I like that because sometimes, uh, especially in a film like this, when you don't have any dialogue, it helps you focus more on what is actually being presented to you on screen, and it gives you more room to interpret what is actually going on yeah i uh i did like that there was no dialogue it took me a while to figure out like oh there's actually no words <laughs> in this movie um i know that there's a little written blurb at the start but i can't i cannot remember what it says unfortunately yeah it's just I, it just said something about destruction of worlds or something like that i i feel it's similar to wizards how that it just shows like what what the state of the world is how this has gone to come to be but well i do i i kind of do want to talk about the end for a second because Mm -hmm. i do feel like uh that the start bit does play into the um the ending because you see that after they grind up that worm baby Mm -hmm. and they make that really um that really colorful and sparkly dust <laughs> yeah. uh they open that portal obviously to to those universes and then out come the black uh domino things again that we see <laughs> absolutely and it wasn't it wasn't until i saw them flying at these planets that i went oh those are kind of like the monoliths from 2001 a space ah. Odyssey. <laughs> i i didn't notice that unfortunately <laughs> and then that's when it made me go oh that's so if if there is a story here and if i'm totally wrong about it then whatever but from what i could tell is that this world upon all of its craziness there is a faction uh that's 
like a really big faction that is creating sort of existence mm. but it's a terrible existence it's it's just not nothing like it shouldn't exist it's not worth existing and those are what the monoliths are mm-hmm. is though those are sending out to different planets to basically create this uh putrid sort of like uh, existence that that they live in right now and then you have the other faction who is basically like anti life you know and it, it's it's really weird because you look at it you're like well there's no good or bad guy in this movie no not really no they're they're both everybody's sort of just terrible uh but they've got their reasons where you're like okay i get why you're trying to do this and then you that's that's when you get the gas mask people and stuff like that is there playing into the fact that they want to destroy what is the grand power of yeah all of this they they just want to bring it all to the ground for for um honestly for good reason you know yeah, it's I like see. if this is the life that gets har- um harbored on these planets and it's like this is not worth it <laughs> yeah because the the second guy who gets sent uh uh by that that mad professor like that's not the same soldier as the as in the start, isn't it? Uh, no, see, no. That's, no, it's not. Because the first one gets sent down on the same device the other one gets sent down on. Mm-hmm. And so that's why... It, at first, I had the same thought as you. I was like, oh, is this the beginning of... Like, the true beginning of the movie? Yeah. And we saw, like, a glimpse. But it, it doesn't make sense because they go down in this hole, right? They're sent down in this hole through that little elevator thing. Yeah. And this one guy goes down and then he gets off and then he travels a lot. So it can't, it, there's, it can't be the other guy. Yeah. Because what I was going with this was that I, I like the fact that these soldiers don't really have an identity. Like you, they are presented as a main character, but really they are just two very expendable characters that are just, uh, hell bent on destroying this world. Uh, like those other soldiers you see outside of the, the building like they're like uh, mm-hmm. making lots of noise like causing havoc uh but 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 yeah just like there isn't a there isn't a uh what, what's the word called not an antagonist but there isn't a protagonist in this film uh no there isn't i i actually thought it was episodic mm-hmm. when i first like was uh viewing it and then it kind of changed its uh pace a bit yeah, I, I thought it was going to be an episodic film, which I I was fine with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just part of me thinks that if anything, this movie suffers from having maybe too loose of a plot and a bit at times it it played into a madness where you're just like it just felt different from the rest of the movie, you know, like yeah. tonally, like it was still dirty and disgusting, but you're like, but does it really make sense to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not, not that I didn't like this scene, but when the guy has this, like, he's feeding these little, whatever they're called, um, the little guys in the little sort of forest, it, it's, yeah. it's just in like a jar. And then he opens the cage and he was only feeding them so that he could feed the spider. And it's like, yeah, that's I like right. that. It's a good scene, but it really does nothing to do with the movie other than being like, look at this is kind of cool that we made, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> and there's a uh, there's a few of those scenes in the movie where you're just like it, it felt more like someone's really freaking amazing uh demo of like this is what I could do as mm. as an artist as opposed to something that's uh a feature length film or a theatrical well it's not theatrical but you know you, you get what I'm saying yeah absolutely yeah absolutely I do next to the sound effects I also thought the music was was really good um like I I, I love the song that played down when he when the first guy comes down with the balloon, uh, that really, that really buckled me into this movie. Was when I first heard that music, it was like, yes, okay, I I have a feeling this will be good, and I wasn't wrong. Mm. Um, and I also noticed that that soundtrack is also on Spotify, so I'm <laughs> very relieved. <laughs> I wouldn't mind listening to that again uh, as well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well. I think we said quite a bit about this movie, um, and I think we'll say a bit more when we're rating it. So we might as well rate it right now. Yeah, let's do that. I I want to hear what you're gonna give it. Okay. Uh, I. Uh, it's hard, isn't it? It is it's, very hard it's because I was at tricky. First, it's very tricky. I was at first thinking, "Ah, screw it. I'll give it four and a half." But us having talked about this. Um, more in depth now in depth now i'm thinking uh, I'll, I'll give it a four um but it mind you it is a four because of how impressive i find him animation um and how envisioned it all is like this is like mm-hmm. this is like if salvador dali painted uh painted in a steampunk style uh, where he's done a lot of psychedelics or something like uh, yeah, I was maybe, just gonna say on acid. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe it did. Who knows what what went into, into the mind of Salvador Dali? But <laughs> but um, but no, I I thought the entire world and the animation was amazing, and that that was my selling point for this film. But I agree with you on what you said about it. It it drags a bit uh, after the middle part, and. To be completely honest, I at the third half, I I kind of lost track of what went going on, um, and I I thought the ending was way weaker than the opening, but but still, having said that, I I, I still think this is an impressive film. I love it, and uh, I still think I give it justice by giving it a four, even though it has some problems here and there. Yeah, off uh, I. No, I agree with you. I, I really agree with you. I think, I think uh, this is tough. Uh, I think it's sort of thirty years is crazy time to do a project, and rightfully so. Phil Tippett had a vision, but he didn't have the means to get his vision out there because it was such a, a grand scale, and that that's that's something that's. Uh, admirable that he we kept at it for all this this time you know and then eventually when he got help later later on in life uh the the project started rolling around and he got Mm. funds for it and um it like all of this was made by quite a small team and uh even though they had backers on i think it was kickstarter they still you know it was still a, a small team of dedicated people who did this like every saturday 
um, even if it was just for a little scene. And that that dedication is not not appreciated here. Like everything in this film is truly appreciated. Mm. But I think I think for the time being, I am gonna have to agree with you. I think. I'm going to do a cheeky thing. I think I'm going to say, yeah, ultimately, I think it's a four-star movie, mm-hmm. but my heart wants to give it a 4.5. Okay, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we're equal on this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I I really think that it's... This movie can't... Like, a lot of movies can simply be rated just, like, done like this. Mm. But sometimes you get to a movie where it's just like, you got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. You got to discuss it because you can't just say like, "Oh yeah, no, it was a good movie." You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't just just say that. Like, this is one of those movies where it's like you have to talk about what you just saw. Indeed, I agree. I one hundred percent agree on that. And I think I think you and I both knew that going into the film too. There's a reason why we wanted to do this film even before we even saw it. We we knew we were we wanted to talk about this film. Oh yes. In some regard, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, I just I, I love the fact that these sets are they're so amazing to look at. Like they're just so great. I agree. Also, uh, there's another thing I'd love to mention before uh before we end this off is um a lot of this movie reminded me of uh, have you ever played the Odd Worlds game games? Like Apes y- Yes, Odyssey? I said I actually said that to my wife when we were yeah. watching it. I said, "I said, uh, I was like, man, I'm getting uh, Abe's Odyssey vibes really bad." She, <laughs> yeah. she played that game too, and she's like, "Yeah, that's what I was thinking." <laughs> cool. We're, we're we're our minds were in uh, we're in we're in sync then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, if I had to say one last negative thing about it, though, I love that it was 30 years, and I know I just said this. But I also think 30 years might have been just a bit too long. I feel like mm. visions changed and ideas changed. Like parts of what he wanted to do maybe just didn't match what the starting wanted. And maybe that's why it kind of feels a little bit disjointed. Uh, because 30 years is a long time uh, to sure, create yeah. something. And a person grows and things change. And I feel like maybe that's what was kind of wrong with this film and yeah. even though it's ultimately not a bad thing i i don't know i it's just if my my finger wants to point to something and i feel like that's that's what it's trying to point at yeah that's a very constructive way to look at it i agree like it um like yeah as you said minds change and like you can clearly tell there are a lot of moments here where it kind of shifts the trajectory and that might just be because it took so long to make this that he had another idea that day than opposed to the other day he did uh, he worked on this yeah yeah true but, but uh, uh that was a good talk i i feel like it was a really good talk i i thought so too it was awesome and uh one thing you all learned with this episode is watch mad god don't watch lightyear <laughs> you'll you'll enjoy mad god more (laughs) (laughs) all right but this has been our enjoying pleasure and uh, you can find us uh, wherever we showcase our podcast on spotify itunes Um, and uh, if you have any questions uh, feel free to 
relay them to either our Twitter or uh, our Gmail, which is critically optimistic podcast at gmail.com. And uh, stay tuned for our next episode. This was very awesome and fun. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye bye.